0: This episode is sponsored by WHOOP. If you don't know what WHOOP is, it is a fitness tracker. You've probably seen it on the wrist of guys like Rory or Justin Thomas, Tiger, Scott Stallings. And they're using it to track a few different metrics. One is strain, the other is recovery and sleep. And from what I've seen, what I've heard, most people talk about recovery and sleep as being these metrics that they're really enjoying diving into. Recovery is really simply how well you're ready to perform the next day. The more that you're recovered, the better you can perform at your peak. It's a stat that is worth tracking and I've found a lot of value personally and from what I've heard other pros talking about with me of how they're using it. Whoop is a sponsor of the podcast and has given us an awesome discount code. You can use GSL to get a discount when you pick up your whoop band and we also have a whoop team which is awesome so everybody in the golf science lab community who's picked up a band we can kind of see what everyone's doing you can make this into a game and try to get to your best when it comes to sleep and recovery and what you're doing with strain so you can head over to golfsciencelabcom whoop and there's a code that you can uh, enter in and join our team it'd be really fun to get everyone who's picked up a whoop band involved on that so make sure to check that out and whoop.com uh, code gsl for a discount We're on a mission to help golfers from all over the world achieve their goals by understanding what it actually takes to play their best golf. We're talking with leading instructors, researchers, and players themselves to find what is actually working. All right, so we are back. This is our uh, little mental game week that we're doing. This is our third day. Day one and day two, Greg, we tackled some questions from everybody, everything from how do you trust your swing to uh, how do you block out negative thoughts, which is one of your favorite questions. Um, yeah. You get asked, I'm sure. Um, do. <laughs> but today we thought we'd do something different, bring on um, someone who's been on the podcast before, Matt Parziali. He is a uh, He's worked with Greg for a while, 2017 mid-am champ. Is that right, 2017? Did I get that right? Yep. yep. Nailed it. And... Uh, has a lot of a ton of experience playing competitive golf, so we thought we'd talk about that. Dealing with pressure, dealing with stress, kind of all those things that if you ever compete, which I would say eighty percent of golfers or ninety percent, if you're listening to this, do just have a quick have a quick chat about it. So Matt, thanks for hanging out with us today. Yeah, absolutely. Always good to be back. Do you, this has put you on the spot. Do you have any good Greg stories to start us out with? Maybe just
1: uh, probably none that I can share. Far, but um, <laughs> off the record, no. Uh, We've had a lot of fun together. We should always have a great time. So great to be around. Keeps it loose. And that's, that's my kind of style. That's why we get along so well, I think. Well, at least what I think. So,
0: Greg, what are the most common questions you get from, from players like Matt? You know, they're out there playing in, in you know, these, these high-level tournaments. Matt, you know, now on the amateur level and then tour pros are well. But what are, the, what are the most common conversations that you have?
2: Yeah, so, so Matt had a unique experience that very few will have in terms of golf. And that's as an amateur playing in the Masters and the U.S. Open. The level of stress and the stories that sort of start to pop into our head um, when we get into bigger events like that can be extremely overwhelming. And and whether you have an experience like Matt's playing in those or you're playing in your club championship for the first time or you're playing your first round of golf, right? It's always the stories that get revved up because the objective, and this is something that Matt and I have talked about, will never change from here on out for everyone that plays. Your objective is to create freedom to make free golf swings in hopes of shooting the lowest score possible. No matter if you're playing in the masters or you're playing by yourself on a Sunday afternoon, that will never change. The essence of golf never changes. What does change though is these stories what it means, what am I going to look like? What could I earn? What would this make me feel like? And once you start to tap into those and let them go, it's a lot easier to, to create freedom. And I think that's probably the most common. And you could boil it down to this. Oh, I hit the ball great on the range and I got to the course and I fell apart. That's no different than Matt showing up on the first tee of the Masters. The same idea, like projecting forward as to what could happen.
0: Yeah, Matt, talk a little bit about, you know, some of those, let's start kind of the, the day before lead up to, you know, tournaments, whatnot, like you've had that to the, you know, to the extreme more than, you know, any of us are, are going to feel like, how do you deal with, you know, or what are some of the things that have helped you deal with the pressure leading up to, you know, playing in the Masters or you know, playing in the US Open, stuff like that, like, you know, before you even start playing golf, like how, how do you deal with that?
1: Yeah, so I started working with Greg, uh, I want to call it over the winter, just before the Masters, and I didn't ask him that question until the night before the Thursday round of the Masters. I was like, all right, dude, this is the first tee. What do I do? And he kind of <laughs> looked at me like, you waited this long? But I wasn't really, I had thought about it, but then like it was 12 hours from then, so that was, that was real. And my warm-up session was terrible. Sean came to my friends, he goes, he can't find the club face." And I got on the course and I hit a good drive and I was, I actually hit some good shots. I didn't score well, but I hit some good shots. But I want to go back to what Greg said. You know, you work yourself up and all these thoughts, they're, they're, they're fake. They don't mean a thing. But the feelings are real. So you feel that it's real and that puts pressure on you. But if you can just realize they're not real, all those feelings go away at some point. And that's been the biggest thing for me is, listen, your mind can wander and it's all made up and we all know that, but you can't, it's still, you feel it inside, you feel the nerves, you feel the jitters or whatever it is. But once you make yourself aware that it doesn't matter, that's where you find the freedom and you just go do your thing. I do like pressure. I love the feeling of being in contention of, like, that's what I live for. That's different than the first T and usually that stuff goes away because you get into your thing, you do anything, thing. But um, the pressure down the, the, at the end of a tournament, down the stretch, is that's what I live for.
2: I think also, Matt, if I could not, had an interesting perspective in both those tournaments in the U.S. Open that year and the Masters. It wasn't just showing up to be there, which is obviously really nice. But this was a golf tournament that possibly had a chance to contend in, right? If you played well. And that, like the idea that, it normalized it a little bit more. Obviously the scene was a little bit different and the competitors were a little bit different and then, and the course was different and obviously there was more fans, but the idea that this is still a golf tournament where I, I want to compete, right. In competition. And, and I want to feel that pressure. Like you said, not just the first tee pressure, but the pressure of trying to hold to win an event and, and to see how well I can perform regardless of who's in the field, because nothing's going to change for me whether I'm playing with Tiger or whether I'm playing with myself, right? Like I'm still trying to do the same thing. I want to compete.
0: I've always found it, you know, just personally, as soon as you hit the first tee shot, everything seems to be fine, but it's everything before that, which sucks. And it's, you know, that all those feelings that you have, like talked about Matt, you have a lot of feelings, right? Like the, Even if it's whether it's a, whether, you know, obviously it scales, but all those feelings are at some level, no matter what kind of competition you have, I've I've always found personally. And I think knowing I, Greg, I don't know what you think about this, but for me personally, knowing that once that first tee ball is in the air, once you hit that shot, that everything is going to be fine is always something that I've found reassuring to go back to that. You know, once we're playing golf, it's going to be fine. These feelings are going to go away and that they aren't really going to, they aren't going to have an impact on what happens when you're in your performance zone. I don't know. What do you think about that? Am I full of it?
1: No, for me, um, I get on the first tee of the masters or the first tee of the mass am still the first tee shot, much different. I'm not saying they're anywhere near the same, but it's still the same feelings. It just escalated. But then I go back to the U S mid Am final. This is before Greg and I started working together. I was a mess the, the night before. Didn't sleep. Uh, I was like, I'm not even going to play golf today. Knew it was the most important day of my life on the golf course. And it wasn't the first tee. It's when I got the first club in my hand to hit a chip. I was like, oh, it's still just golf. And I was fine. So uh, it's not, for me, it's not always the first tee, but when you get worked up, because you're in a, a, a situation that you haven't been in and it's different. It's exciting. You want to do well and more people are watching the last day that it's really cool to know that, you know what, it's just golf. You just go do your thing, and I've hit so many bad shots. I've screwed up so many tournaments, missed so many putts that, you know, it's, it's just golf, and this, the chances you get yourself into contention you have the chances to win, that's what we live for, that's why, this is why we do it, and it's just another opportunity to, to, to do that when you're, when you're playing well. Sometimes you don't.
2: I, yeah, that's good. I mean, I think there's so many different parts of golf that can induce anxiety the first tee is a real popular one right people talk about that a lot and then like you said you hit that first tee shot whether it's good or bad now you're starting to feel your hands a little bit more and everything's starting to relax and then you have that first three footer and then everything starts to ramp up oh man i missed one yesterday and this stuff and then you have a chance to break your you know your personal best score and now things start to change and well now i have a chance to beat this guy for the first time and So there's always going to be different scenarios that are going to cause anxiety, but they all stem from the same thing. And it's all the stories and it's all the thinking and it's all the disconnection from what we're doing in that moment. I look at Matt's experience at the Masters as almost like an extreme sport athlete where there was so much going on that he was so forced into this focus on what he was doing because if there was some failure, it would be way worse than like hitting a bad shot when he's playing with his buddies, right? So the, the extreme athlete who's forced into that flow state because the alternative is death, right? Now that's an extreme example, but it, so they can just remain focused on what they're doing and, and place their attention in one place and not get caught up in the thought stream. And, and so sometimes the more and that's why guys like that feeling of pressure, because it can help them stay focused, whereas others get so caught up in that stream of thought that they can't, They can't, and, and it's really uncomfortable.
0: Greg, you know, Matt just mentioned that, you know, the night before the, the mid a.m. that, you know, he was a mess, couldn't sleep, et cetera. Comment on that a little bit, because I feel like, you know, if I've learned anything from you, it's that all that is completely normal and yeah, totally okay.
2: Right, so I think it becomes an issue When you think something's wrong, like this idea we've talked about before, judgment kicks in. So here I am about to tee off in the finals of the U.S. Mid-Am. I've I've reached this point. Obviously, I'm playing pretty well. It means a lot. But now it's become so overwhelming. Uh, And why wasn't why is it now? And I must be weak mentally. Because I bet good players go to sleep and they don't even worry about that. And I, I want to be mentally tough. And so all these other sort of thoughts and judgments start to ramp up. I can say for a fact, though, that the Wednesday before Augusto, I think we were at Matt's place having dinner and it was pretty calm, right? Like it just felt like we were just sort of hanging out. And may have been a different experience. Yet there was no judgment. He knew he was going to be nervous. He knew he was going to. You know, playing with Tiger the day before, maybe that sort of softened things up a little bit. Like, doesn't the crowds that were following around that day were way more than they were when he teed off on Thursday. But the idea being, there was so much less judgment then. Like, I understand that I can experience any thought and it's okay and normal. And let's just keep returning over and over again to what I'm trying to do. And that's just make a, make a golf swing.
1: I would say where I've gotten to playing competitively is I don't worry about the negative thoughts or the shots I'm going to hit. It's more of being able to focus when you're not in contention. That's been the biggest struggle over the last two years is when you're not in contention yet, is I've gone to the gate slower over the last year than I did before. Maybe it's because I've traveled so much. I was probably worn, worn down a little bit. Whatever it is, there's a lot of factors, but I've definitely noticed that the focus level it takes a lot longer to kick in than it did before.
2: That that's interesting, Matt, because that's another issue that people struggle with, right? So, here's a guy who's played in some really big events, and now he's playing in state events again, which are really big events to mo- for most of us. But there was this lack of connection to it because it was just it was almost the 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 opposite of getting dialed in and focused, right? So how now do we find ways to stay engaged when our mind wanders? And everyone experiences that, right? Especially when we're not playing well, right? Like you said, you've had a couple recently, some tournaments like in the Mass Am where you just don't start very well, right? Where everyone expects you to win. And most guys would sort of just, you know, ride that out and just go home. But there was, you you found that you were able to find that sort of gear to get re-engaged and compete Again, more stories. It's always the same thing. You're still trying to do the same thing regardless of who's in the field or, or what's going on.
1: That's definitely true, and I can almost tell now when the focus isn't there at the start, but you're right. The state stadium last year, I, I found myself in an 8-for-2 playoff for the last spot, and I had to finish the next morning. But the last 10 holes, I knew I had to make some birdies and play some good golf to even have a chance to make match play. That's how bad the start was the day before on the first nine holes of the, of the second day or whatever, whatever it was. But then once it kicks in, you're back to your normal self. You're competing. You're hitting the shots you want to hit. So, yeah, that's going to be something to play with. And that's why I took the entire winter off to reset. And I'm actually kind of glad there hasn't been many tournaments right now because it's just making this break a little longer. And it's just getting me more ready to go than I probably was. I needed a break. That was pretty much what it was, I think. They also, the
2: expectation for you in those events, for people who aren't from around here, it's, whoa matt didn't make match play what's wrong with him did something happen is he hurt he's expected to win these things always and that adds a different another layer of pressure if you let it right and i think you've done a good job at knowing that well one there's plenty of good golfers out there you got to get lucky to win but that you can return to doing what you do and that's i think that's what's been most important
0: Matt, you know, when when you're working on that focus or you know trying to get get back a little present, are there any things that you use, like an anchor or questions you ask yourself, or any like little things that you found helpful on the, to do that?
1: See, I've been. This is why when Greg and I started working together, I used to try to do all that, and I've dumped it all because it now I realize it means nothing, and I'm just trying to. I really just try to approach every shot. I don't know why focus isn't there at the beginning, whether. Then it comes twenty seven holes later i don't I don't have that answer, but I've dumped all of that stuff because I know that it means absolutely nothing. You're just the same person trying to hit a shot every day. you hit a million times, sometimes it works out, sometimes it doesn't. I go back to the focus thing, and Greg and I talked about this a lot last year is it I was just traveling all over the place, and I just I think I just wore out, and that's probably why I felt okay, but it just wasn't. Where it needed to be at the start, even on days where I felt good, it was just a little bit of a little off. So, Yeah, Matt, that's interesting too.
2: I think you've developed this full understanding that the less I search for something or less I try to incorporate something from the outside, the better off I'm going to be. I know it's going to, sometimes, I'm, like you said, I'm going to hit some bad shots so I'm not going to be focused, but I can still play well regardless of that focus or even you can still play while hitting bad shots and i think that's a really fine distinction that golfers can't make right playing well means shooting good scores as far as i'm concerned you can still hit bad shots and shoot decent scores but the second we do some usually it's this idea oh something's wrong i need to add something or fix something and and now we've gone down this rabbit hole we can't fight back
1: and i think that's uh... I've always loved sports psychology, whatever you want to call it. Doesn't you put the title on it? In the books I read, you have to you have to say certain things to, and you just find yourself trying to search on the course. And once Greg and I started working together, I was like, "There's nothing to search for. Just be yourself. Do what you always do. And if you do well, you might have a chance to win. If not, you don't. You had a good time trying to compete. So that's freed me up." especially when I was playing in the U.S. Opens and and the Masters and even the USAM and the high-level amateur events, is that the search isn't there. You're enjoying the time on the course in competition because you're more present rather than your mind trying to focus on, trying to find the next anchor or the next swing thought or whatever it is is going to bring you back. And you kind of miss the whole day if you're just searching for that the whole time. I
2: think there'll be a lot of golfers who say, well, yeah, but that's easy for Matt because he's good, right? Like, of course, he's going to... But it's all relative. The idea that Matt's just trying to be the best Matt he can be, I would be trying to be the best I can be, me, on that day. And same with you, right? We're not trying to be someone else. We're trying to give ourselves the best chance always for our skill to emerge. And to do that, we can't be searching and trying to fix when we're playing golf. But that's the first thing we see or do when something goes wrong. I mean, you see it, you can visually see it. You're playing with your playing partner. Someone hits a bad shot and what do they do? They're, they're checking their position. They're trying to step. Oh, I, I got to remember to do my pre-shot routine. And, and it's, 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 you're done. Mm-hmm.
1: I go back to something Tiger said when he was struggling, I don't know, five, six years ago, he did an interview. And this is when Rory was playing good. The, the young generation was playing good again, or starting to play good. And the interviewer, I forgot who it was, said, do you believe you're the best golf in the world? And Tiger looks him dead in the eyes and goes, yes. He goes, even after all these missed cuts, all this stuff. And he goes, yes, I believe in myself, and you should too, no matter what you're doing. And I think that goes back to just be who you are, do what you do, and don't try to, don't try to say, oh, because so-and-so is so good. That's why he says that, when you don't know what's going on in, in people's heads or what they're going through or what thoughts they have. And I, I don't know if everyone watched, I'm sure you did, the Tiger replay a couple weeks ago with the Masters when he comment, like he was commenting on the shots and what was going on in his head. He talked about the seven footer he had on 12 for par. And over the ball, he's saying things that I would only say on the putting green. He's like, flip it, flip it, flip it. And I would never even think that. And the guy's trying to hook the putt, and I mean, he made it. But so he's the same guy, but just believing in himself. That's really all it is.
2: Yeah, that was an interesting. I remember that too.
1: <laughs> that was pretty good. <laughs> it was. I was like, wow, this is amazing. <laughs> yeah, that,
2: that's interesting. That was really the first look we've ever gotten into sort of one, a, a process, like a, a real sort of tangible process that he's gone through. Yeah, there's books about him and stuff, but it's that, not the same. That was really interesting example.
0: Yeah. Let's maybe talk a little bit. Um, we talked about pressure before round. Let's talk about pressure during the round and some of the things that come up. Matt, what's kind of how, how do you deal with pressure? So, the mid-AM, beyond the first shot, when things are getting intense and, and you're, you're really, you know, like you've got to play well to win down the stretch kind of deal. How do you approach that? Does anything change? You know, we've always heard the thing of like, don't make your pre-shot routine longer, right? Like, there's all these cliches that we hear, but like, for you, what, what kind of stands out to you there?
1: I'll go back to like, like I've been into sports psychology, pre-shot routine. In college, I tried to have a strict pre-shot routine. Then I don't know what happened. I just kind of had the same routine, and I don't really worry about doing it exactly. And then Greg and I started working together, and there's no such thing as a pre-shot routine anymore. I do what I do to get loose and feel the shot, but I don't have to I don't have to take two swings. I don't have to take a waggle here or there. So when I go back to the pressure, if the pressure is because I have a chance to win, I live for that. Like that is the best feeling in the world, whether I win or don't. If I have that feeling where I have a chance, I did enough that week to have a successful week in my own opinion. Does it hurt when you lose? Of course, no one wants to lose. But if you look back and you have those feelings of having that chance, so that's the pressure I would say there, you go back to when pressure, like, so you go back to the US mid where it's 36 hole match with one person things it's a it goes up and down the whole day it's not it's not a metal play tournament where there's multiple people who can win i was fortunate enough to get off to a really good start i think i made eight birdies in the first 18 holes had a, a good lead going into the afternoon round and i came out and i played good from the first hole of the afternoon round there were thoughts at lunch though did it go away did, was i not gonna come out and play as good but then I made a 30 footer for birdie on one and you're off to the races again. So that's probably the only time I felt different in that day was in, at the lunch break. And thankfully the USJ's like, hey, you guys ready to go? And it was like a half hour lunch break. I'm like, yeah, let's go. Like, And I'm sure he wanted more time, but I was ready to go. And like the quick turnaround was probably best case for me and to make the birdie on one and it was off the races. So that was the only time that day where I think there was any change in Feelings of what
0: was going on. You mentioned you love being in contention whether you win or lose. I know for a lot of people, the fear of failure, like that fear of losing, is gets so intense that you just do anything not to lose. I feel like especially, you see that a lot in like junior golfers and, and growing up, you know, you just, you feel this need to do that so badly. Did that ever switch for you or did you ever come to that? Because that sounds like a really good perspective. That's a really great perspective on that you have, right? Did it ever switch for you or has that just always been kind of how you approach it, do you think?
1: Well, I've lost a lot. I mean, I've been fortunate enough to win, but I've lost a lot. I've screwed up down the stretch. I've hit bad shots. I don't think it's ever changed. I've always, I've always judged golf on, on me, not on anyone else in what I do. It's, you really can't control anyone else. I don't know why I have this mindset that I do. It just kind of happened i don't know i can't i don't have an explanation for it i just think the biggest thing for me was being in contention as much as possible and then you start winning one and you know it's like to the win then you win again and it's and you're gonna lose in between them but you just can't think like oh i lost like i lost it like no you're still the same person you're still trying to compete if you think you lost it then why are you going to put yourself out there it's like you want to do the best you can whatever you do and that's kind of my mindset on it
2: matt brought up an interesting another interesting point i keep saying that about a routine right a pre-shot routine and a lot of guys use them some guys don't know why they use them but they've been told if someone were ever say to me i have this great pre-shot routine i love it that's fantastic i think what happens sometimes is though we rely on a pre-shot routine to make us comfortable right a good pre-shot routine doesn't cause anybody to hit a good golf shot the idea is that if i if i have the same routine and things get a little dicey on the golf course it'll be able to calm me down, right? Because it'll feel familiar and it's the same thing. That makes sense to me only to a certain point And that golf is fluid. In every shot, every sensation is going to be a little bit different. And the more we butt our heads up against that and try to make it feel different than it does, I feel like we cause even more tension and, and struggle for ourselves. So the idea that Instead of trying to combat discomfort with making ourselves comfortable, why don't we live in that discomfort for a little while and understand and learn that it can't affect me if I don't let it? It's just discomfort, nothing more. Trying to fight discomfort is what causes tension that causes bad golf swings. And I believe that a pre-shot routine that we rely on and then we get in contention or we get nervous and we try to rely on that to fight that discomfort. All we're doing is, is putting ourselves at a disadvantage. We're creating more tension for ourselves by trying to fight what we're feeling moment to moment.
0: When you talk about kind of a fluid, you know, being fluid, not having kind of a pre-shot routine, like just kind of the argument back would be, wouldn't, when you're under pressure, kind of under the gun, you would want something to rely on or fall back on and not be, you know, at the will of how you're feeling. Yeah. I would say that the thing you want to fall back on is
2: your personal understanding that you can hit good golf shots and be uncomfortable versus trying to create a different environment for yourself that doesn't exist. It may once in a while calm you down, maybe. But overall, you're never going to learn how to compete or feel pressure or feel discomfort if you don't allow yourself to feel it. So I don't know. I, I, I've i always... Struggled with that idea. And I like Bruce Lee's quote of being like water, right? Like just being with whatever's happening without trying to change it or resist.
1: And I feel like you enjoy the day more when you do that and you're there and you know your feelings and you look back and you like, you know what, that was fun. Even if you lose, you win. It's always right. fun when you win. But even when you mess up, but you're there and you try to force something, it's so much more rewarding than it is if oh, I I force the routine, I pull whatever you you have all the excuses, you have all the reasons for the bad shot. But if you're just there and you did what you did, hey, guess what? You did your best and there's nothing else you can do.
2: Yeah, you're more, there's more fulfillment in living with whatever you're experiencing than trying to change it. When it comes to competition, I mean, obviously there are extreme examples of that, but like the idea that's part of competition is to feel that discomfort. I don't think if we didn't feel that, or i believe if we didn't feel that golf wouldn't be so appealing or any sport really. Yeah. And I think that's what we, we really
0: deep down sort of, that's what we want. What do you say to the guy that's listening to this and a little bit frustrated? Cause he's just like, you know, every time I go out and I play I'm just, I'm nervous all the time. And I always play like shit in tournaments and you know, I just like, I never play well when I want to, I'm always middle of the pack and like everything you guys said just sounds way too airy (laughs) and non-concrete for me. What, What do you say to that kind of frustrated, you know, competitive golfer that that's listening?
1: I mean, yeah, that's a lot of the competitive golf world. I mean, especially at the amateur level, there's a lot of the middle of the pack guys that, yeah, they'll play good the first day and then they'll shoot 80 the second day and finish middle of the pack. Like you said, I don't have an answer for that other than just to be who you are. Obviously something changed. You played good the day before. Something changed overnight. You put too much pressure on yourself. You gotta just let it go and put yourself out there. And you can't worry about what people think. If you shoot ninety instead of eighty, it doesn't really matter. And if you have that attitude, you're probably gonna shoot seventy more frequently than you're gonna shoot ninety or even eighty, I would say. I mean but that's me saying it. I don't really know what goes on in those their heads or whatever, so That might not sound of the best way to put it, but.
2: I would challenge those folks to, instead of turning away from that, my guess is they're on full autopilot when they're competing. There's lack awareness of what they're thinking. To tap into that even more, to lean into that discomfort, to allow yourself to feel it. Because as humans, we'll do whatever we can to avoid discomfort. And someone who does what you just described is avoiding discomfort, right? because as we've talked about, the thoughts you have don't hit your golf shots for you, right? And they don't cause the issue. It's our resistance to how we're feeling that does always. And being more developing greater awareness of that is the only skill a golfer needs in terms of mental approach, right? There's no reason to give someone a certain way to think. One, we can't, but two, to to try to tell someone how to think, when anyone who's played their best always feels like they're not thinking at all. So the idea that we, we get to that state by accepting whatever it is we're thinking or feeling and engaging with the physical action, not engaging with our thoughts. And someone who is nervous and struggles and feels tension and pressure all the time is engaging with their thoughts and not the physical action.
0: Yeah. It's that stereotype of your dad saying like, hey, it's just another practice round ignore the, you know, ignore the tournament and get out there and just pretend you're in the back. Yeah. You know, like that's what we all kind of grew up with maybe a little bit. And so you're trying to just go out there and be like, it's just another round. I'm just going to. Yeah. Just pretend it's something that it's not. Just
2: completely resist what you're experiencing and try to do something else. (laughs) I think it's really common. Right. I mean, yeah, it's it's 100 percent common. Yeah. I mean, that's and we've heard bits and pieces of, of athletes who've performed at high levels, who have maybe alluded to some of that experiencing some of that. And that may happen at some times, but you will never be able to shut off the thoughts and you will never be able to escape the discomfort. So why not learn to live with it?
0: Matt, did you hear that growing up? <laughs> was that-
1: no, you know what? I, I didn't. It was, it was almost the opposite. I wasn't good in high school. I stunk. I was, I, I played bad golf. I mean, I, I wasn't bad, but I I remember my dad told me, maybe I was 15 or 16, if I broke 80, he'd pay for it. If I didn't, I'd pay for it. So it wasn't like, like, it was like I had something to play for almost every event and it was tough for me to break 80. It wasn't easy. I got a little better my senior and junior year, but yeah, I think it's, I've always just approached it as try to be the most competitive you can be. I'm a competitive person no matter what I do. And whether it's a practice round, I still like to compete, whatever it is. and. I would like to trick my body into thinking I'm in contention before the tournament starts. So I can have that feeling for the whole 36, 54, 72 holes, but that's just not the case. And even then, that's not actually, I don't really want to do that because then you're not really where you are and you want to work yourself. You want to work to get yourself into contention. And that's another process that you go through of how to to assess the risk of when to go, when to not, when to hold back what to do on the course to get yourself in that best position. And that's another part of, the, of competitive golf
0: that I really enjoy. Awesome. I think that's a good, good place to wrap, guys. Yeah, let's hope that we maybe play a little competitive golf this year. What do you think? <laughs> I, wish I, could, I wish I could put this all into practice, but I don't think that's going to yeah,
2: happen. Yeah, that would be nice. That would be really nice.
0: Greg, I'm sure is, if the tour is going to start up like they say they are, you're going to have some questions here from, from some players starting soon. So uh, good luck with that. <laughs> Yeah, and just to, to end on that, I mean,
2: too, like as golfers or athletes or anyone, we're always trying to get better, and, but nobody's ever had this amount of time before. So to feel like you have to fill every minute with improvement versus just playing for the enjoyment, I think will will serve you well. There was a video of Rory yesterday hitting ball. It's the first time he's played in six or seven weeks. So the idea that if you're grinding away with nothing to compete in, you're going to burn yourself out fast.
1: Yeah, I'm not going to play until I know there's a tournament. A month that you away i have no interest in just going around just going through the motions
0: if greg and i could play golf i guarantee that you'd find us on a golf course that's uh...
1: <laughs> oh no, i'm gonna play but i need to work at it you know what i mean like try to <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah see you guys are everyone is lucky you guys get to
2: play we we can't we can't play yeah we're, we're shut down crazy times
0: Dude, i've got a tea time in 10 minutes so i gotta i gotta <laughs> oh <man. laughs> Nice way to rub it in there. Thanks. Thanks. Uh, All right, guys. This was fun. Thanks for hanging out. Appreciate it. Thanks, man. Thank you, Corey. That was awesome. Thanks.